Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. It's your girl Sandra coming at you with another episode. We're not going to recap another win, surprisingly. I got a little used to talking about wins, talking about W's on this podcast here, but still really excited to recap the last match because it was the last regular season match before the Chicago Red Stars head off to the playoffs. And I couldn't do it alone. No one could do it alone. So I invited my friend, homie, colleague, Claire Watkins. How you doing, Claire? Doing good. Uh, weekend happens. The regular season is over. Full speed ahead, baby. It's uh, it's going down, Claire. How does it feel to sort of see the Red Stars go from scam gang to fam gang in 24 games quickly you only have two seconds go it's exciting (laughs) wonderful it's exciting for those of you listening out there i just want to lay out some fun stuff that we've got going on over at hot time in old town this week uh we're real hyped about the chicago red stars uh heading into the playoffs they're going into the semifinals for the fourth consecutive year in a row. Big, big deal, I think, in a league like this that people say is the most competitive league in the world. And we're real hyped about it, and we are not going to calm down one bit, and we're going to stay hyped about it. And in celebrating that, we intend to provide everyone out there with some Chicago Red Stars content every single day of this week, leading up into the playoff against North Carolina Courage. And it started today with day one. I dropped a piece on Hot Time basically talking about how the Chicago Red Stars are pretty much the best football team in Chicago, period. So if you haven't caught up on that, you should go check it out. And then tomorrow we're going to have some, well, Tuesday we're going to have some real good stuff for you guys. And Claire's going to drop some good stuff on Wednesday and so on and so forth. And Claire, if you want to preview what you got cooking, for this week you can go ahead and plug that now if you like yeah 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 no i am definitely i feel like because almost because the game on saturday really didn't matter at all i've had maybe a little bit more like space to think in a grander scope um about some of the stuff i wanted to do this week and yeah wednesday i'm i'm i've got something in the back of my brain that's uh it's midfield related and it's uh it's got to do with uh some of the major major players there. So yeah, I'm excited about it. Check it out on Wednesday. Um, I, this is pro I mean, it's, it's good. I, I would say that, um, the last couple of weeks, I think it's pretty natural. Sandra, you know, you can shut me down if I'm wrong. You get like kind of worn out. This was a very emotional last five or six games for the red stars. And, um, you get maybe you start running out of ideas of, of things to say, but this week I feel, I feel rejuvenated. I feel hyped. I feel ready. And, uh, I'm excited to like reflect while also just like getting pumped. Word. I will absolutely agree with you on that. No need for me to disagree or interrupt. You are 100% correct. Uh, there were a, a couple times, honestly, I think in, uh, covering some of these matches down the stretch here, um, and then ultimately just covering that very last rescheduled uh, home game at Toyota Park and just sort of taking a second to realize like, man, this season has been a 
ride. And uh, it's wild because it's it's actually technically not over <laughs> yet. Um, and it's just been it's it's been a lot. So I think I'm really ex- basically I'm really excited that we've dedicated um, content every single day this week. Uh, because Chicago Red Stars are a team in a huge city like Chicago uh, that, let's be real, don't get a lot of the media attention that they should and uh, deserve. And there should always be a home for Chicago Red Stars content out there. And we are happy and proud to be that home. And I'm happy and proud to collaborate with that kind of stuff with you, Claire. Yeah, I mean, in a way, this feels, I mean, the, it, obviously, we're, uh, this is not, you know, the last pod of the season, but, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. It was kind of a thing where we've uh, we've been through some stuff this year and we've buckled down and grinded out some real, you know, shit and uh so this week feels like that too. I'm excited to uh to do it with you and uh to do it with our uh our our, our captain in charge uh, JB and I think it's going to be a good time. Word. So I hope you all enjoy it too. Please let us know if you enjoy the content. Give it a like, give it a retweet, you know, give us some feedback. We're always open to that. And uh, we're just going to roll on in with the, some real soccer talk now. Let's talk some sports shop. Chicago Red Stars had a final match, a regular season home match, or regular season away match, excuse me, against Utah Royals FC out in Sandy, Utah. And they lost this final match. They lost 2-1. to one. And uh, it was kind of a vibe actually going into this game. I think uh, clinching that final playoff spot and then uh, having a game like this to sort of play on your way into the playoffs kind of could have gone one way or the other, right? But it was a 2-1 loss for Chicago. Uh, Sam Kerr got the one goal for Chicago in the 39th minute. Amy Rodriguez uh, got the equalizer in the 55th minute for the Utah Royals. And Katie Stengel ended up getting the game winner in the 64th minute. And to start this game for the lineup, there was um, some interesting injury report uh, injury reports that were taking place uh, prior to this game. There was uh, an initial report that was sent out, and then there were some additions uh, as the Portland and Seattle game uh, was taking place and then not officially announced until the following day after that game had concluded. So it went from having a few players on Chicago's IR to um, having some additional players sort of in the questionable area. And um, we knew it was going to sort of have an impact on the starting lineup, and it did. So to start this game, you had Alyssa Nair in net. You had Brooke Elby, Katie Naughton, Sarah Gordon, Aaron Gilliland rounding out the back line there. You had Michelle Vasconcelos, Rosie White, Nikki Stanton, Alyssa Motts, Yuki Nagasato, and Sam Kerr rounding out the 11. When you saw this team, Claire, what did you think? <sighs> I, I I didn't really know exactly what to expect, um, mostly just because there were some play. I mean, visibly, obviously, uh, Casey Short and Julie Ertz were banged up by the end of that last U.S. US Women's National Team friendly Um on Tuesday night. So I think I wasn't shocked that, you know, uh, Casey short was one of the first players out. And then Julie Ertz was a late addition to the injury report. Um, my biggest question was the, of, of the two questionable players, uh, between Brooke Elby and Julie Ertz, who was going to play, 
um, because LB LB took a knock uh, at, at the end of the Sky Blue game, and and also you know just she's had some tape on her legs throughout the season, so she's been struggling a little bit physically. And then Ertz uh, seemed to have tweaked her back in the Chile game. So um, sorry, Chile, I don't know, <laughs> it just came out of my mouth. Chile, no. Oh, uh, I appreciate you. So, uh, <laughs> I appreciate you so much for that, Claire. Uh, but. Uh, and ultimately it was, it was LB who really took one for the team. And I, I keep mentioning it over and over again, because I thought that was very cool that she just kind of went out there yeah, and, and put totally. you know, her body on the line just to like grind through this game for the most part for the exactly. team. Which is, is Brooke, El- is Brooke LB actually the real MVP? Yeah. Of right. The <laughs> on the team <laughs> of this game. Absolutely. That was 67 <laughs> minutes of just some real hard work, man. Um, yeah. And even like the 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 equalizer, I was just like, oh, she just can't she just can't do it anymore. But um, so I, I knew some of that. I would say for me going into the semifinal, it's tough to tell exactly how much of the injury report was a little bit of gamesmanship, maybe on Rory James's part, um, especially with, you know, putting Danny Colaprico as questionable and 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 keeping uh, and, and having Vanessa DiBernardo not travel with the team due to illness. Um I think probably a little bit of that was was cautionary, obviously with an eye towards the postseason. Uh, but I guess we'll figure that out, you know, in a couple of days. Yeah, word. I think uh, having a player like Vanessa Di Bernardo sort of come down with some illness uh, with a game to spare as you head into the playoffs. Stay at home, yo. Do what yeah, you got to like, do. Don't even, don't even get on. Take the it plane. easy. Yeah. Don't. Don't even get on the plane because yeah. that's a germ-infested yep. thing. Right. <laughs> like, just don't even be on it hang out at home with your adorable dog yep do your thing because if you don't know Vanessa DiBernardo is super important to the Chicago Reds I was looking at it today they only won two games this year when she was not available which I I believe uh were the two wins against um Houston at the beginning of the season um they Yeah. yeah they so they've they won They've won nine games this year, two of them without Vanessa DiBernardo and seven with her. And she only played 12 games this year. So. Well, there you go. And <laughs> yeah. we have a new candidate for MVP yeah, this season right? for the Red yeah. Stars. Turns out your There's options so are Brooke. Your options are Brooke LB <laughs> and Vanessa DiBernardo. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, no. I, I was... Uh, I thought it's interesting that you mentioned a bit of maybe, you know, gamesmanship. You never know, right? Sort of heading into a game like this, having to have to face a team like the North Carolina Courage sort of in, in the back of your mind. I thought it was um, interesting to note that the additions to that IR were um, Danny Colaprico, you know, and, and Brooke LB and stuff is as the Portland Seattle game was taking place. It was apparently those updates were submitted before that game even happened. So regardless of the result, they were going to be on that IR. So um, I thought that was kind of interesting because with Portland and Seattle playing that Friday, there was still sort of some um, prospects of positioning still in play for the playoffs. Um, But Portland ended up taking that game and, that was all she wrote. So that um, also didn't shock me though, because I think, you know, Dames, I, and I believe, I believe it when he, when he said after um, the sky blue game that he was going to play the best players available, you know, against Utah, but I, he has a history. I don't think he's going to risk anybody 
for a semifinal in order to possibly have a shot at a better, you know, at a better ranking. I think probably the mindset there is, you know, Chicago should feel like they can walk in and be anybody and things can go terribly wrong if you push too hard um, yeah. to, you know, kind of reckon with that ranking. So I, that didn't shock me. But the, the news that he put, you know, those players there before that game was decided did not surprise me at all. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, I, I don't, I don't mind the sort of idea or like the sort of continued trend for the Red Stars of the concept of, you know, sort of next man up kind of thing, because they have had to deal with that for a good chunk of this season, specifically in the beginning of the season, where it's just kind of like, this is your team for at least the next six weeks. So this is who's going to play. And the idea of sort of, I believe that was one of my initial reactions when I saw the starting lineup for this game was sort of like seeing that there weren't even 18 players rostered. And I was like, it's so, it's so fitting and it's absolutely, yeah. yeah, I was like, this is so completely appropriate that the Chicago Red Stars final regular season game has less than 18 players on this roster for this match. It's absolutely appropriate because there were matches that this team was playing with what, like 14 15 players if that you know for for certain matches early in the season so I just thought it was like look at this coming full circle this wonderful poetic type of season so it it was um I thought it was still sort of in that trend of who Chicago is to sort of see these players go out and have to sort of put together a performance to try to get a result out of this game. And, you know, for Sam Kerr to get that goal in the 39th minute, I think for a second there people were, you know, maybe kind of like, yeah, well, well, these are the red stars, man. Like they're, they're going into the playoffs ready to play, you know, and then yeah, the second half sort of become a, a bit of a, a different story in this game. But I think for, for players like, like Brooke Elby, a player like Sarah Gordon, you know, Nikki Stan, Rosie White, uh, Michelle Vasconcelos also in particular, uh, I thought this was a good game for them to have as they sort of step into this next phase of playoffs because there's so, so much has been made about Chicago and the, um, the fact that they're this team that have always gone into a playoff, right? And they haven't been able to sort of get over that hump. But I think it's really important to note that of these past teams, like these prior teams that have gone to the playoffs, there's only a handful of players from those remaining teams, like that 2015 semifinal team or that 2016 semifinal team or or now even that 2017 semifinal team. There's uh, only a handful of players who are s- still sort of have that experience with them. And a lot of these other players, this is going to be their first experience within the playoffs. So I thought it was actually a pretty good um, game to have for some of these players as they sort of tackle on. Um, or take on the idea of tackling on a team like North Carolina Courage. And I thought it was also important for for Alyssa Nair to sort of have that game under her belt before, you know, going up against the Courage, you know, because she had those that series of national team friendlies against Chile, but she only played in one of those games and then got the second match off. So there was sort of this little stopgap you know, between there. So she had, I think five saves. Yeah. You could, you could also see, you could also see in that game a little bit, um, 
And yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. Some of those other players getting a chance to kind of go through their paces before sort of the big showdown. Um, And I think also you could tell that they were instructed, especially, well, actually throughout the game to, there were certain little things that they did during this game that if you were watching it and it was in the middle of the season and it was a regular season game, you'd be like, why, why is Alyssa Nair running out, you know, to midfield to take these kicks, you know, in the 27th minute of this game. Um, and, but in context, it makes sense. They were running some drills. It kind of looked like they were kind of putting themselves through right. some fake, you know, um, scenarios. Yeah, totally deep, deep in that second half. Yeah. Sure. Where it was, they were kind of practicing their hail Marys in a way. And, uh, I thought that was cool. I thought it didn't work. <laughs> I would have liked it better if they could have gotten like a late equalizer. And then I'd like, I believe we can do it. But, um, yeah. I, I I like that they were trying. I thought that was smart. I thought um, also getting Cola Prico and Brian in there for about a half hour each was a good idea. And uh, yeah, I uh, I the the game itself was fine. It was really hot. Um, I think the heat index was around a little under a hundred degrees. It was up in Utah, high altitude. Um, I don't know. I just think they got tired in the second half, and I yeah. think the game didn't matter. And I think that. Um, yeah, I, it wasn't my favorite result, obviously, but I can't be too mad about it. Yeah, no, Chicago Red Stars now officially end their regular season 9, 5, and 10. 10 and draws. There, there, were a lot of fo- there was a lot of chatter out there, myself included, that, you know, draws are not the way. And it turns out sometimes you got to draw and claw your yeah. way to the playoffs. Yeah, so that was, uh, I mean, and I thought, you know, again, sort of ending that regular season against a team like Utah Royals who were on the outside looking in, you know, you had two teams where one was absolutely in control of their playoff destiny for probably the last, what, four weeks of the season. And then you had another team that needed a lot of other things to happen for them. And... It ended up not working out in their favor. So that's the type of league NWSL is, I guess. But yeah, again, it just, it just, it was just this game that just felt like it was this in the way before sort of getting into this big game that we're really, really excited to, to talk about. And right now we're just going to cover this portion of it really quickly just so we could talk about it and get it out of the way yeah i know exactly what you're about to say right now just just to get it the hell out of the way because i would like to just sort of focus on the fact that hey this is playoff week semifinals yeah. are happening this weekend and we that's what we want to talk about and we cannot and we control cannot the control, weather <laughs> we cannot control the motherfucking weather <laughs> turns out again in all of my like ranting and raving online today in particular uh how the red stars have sort of had to go through these crazy weather conditions this year just battle whether it's battling injuries or battling an awkward schedule you you just threw in some really inconvenient weather scenarios for them as well on top of everything else right this season so again just like it was absolutely fitting for their final regular season game to not even be able to roster 18 players, it is absolutely fitting that the Chicago Red Stars semifinal that's supposed to take place on Sunday in Cary, North Carolina, is now currently being impacted 
by Hurricane Florence. Florence. Damn it, Flo. What the fuck, Florence? I thought we were cool, B. What up? It's, uh, yeah, uh, just weather just weather-wise. I'm no meteorologist. No disrespect to Tom Skilling. But uh, <laughs> turns out it's just real bad. And yeah. it's so bad that everybody is collaborating and monitoring this hurricane, whether you are on the Red Stars front office side of things, or if you're on the North Carolina Courage front office side of things, or on the NWSL front office side of things. This hurricane is just being monitored 100% of the way. So and we don't and we don't know anything we don't know what they're thinking um sandra you know she she was you know trying to keep in touch today and basically all that we know is that um they're it's looking at on, it that's being looked, <laughs> it's being worked on specifically on chicago's end they know believe it or not they are aware that it's going to be difficult to get down there they're working on that and also that apparently the internal deadline to get it figured out is Wednesday. So yeah, and that actually came to light. Out. Yeah, and that actually came to light uh, due to just a, a local NBC segment on the five o'clock news today, uh, where after they spoke with Chicago Red Stars owner Arnum, Arnum Whistler, they this reporter actually ended up mentioning um, the fact that Wednesday was this sort of deadline. So that was some new information that hadn't really been been put out there prior to to that moment so um yeah i guess i guess the next 24 hours now because this is monday evening we're recording this the next 24 to 36 hours are gonna be some real real crunch time so i uh hats off and uh major dap to everybody in those front offices trying to figure stuff out i do not envy you uh and hopefully everything they can find a solution that can just sort of benefit um both teams really yeah i agree um everyone's in in uh, the boat as it were together so uh i basically i'm trying not to worry about it too much because it is something that we have no control over um obviously i think both teams are really on the same side here no one wants to take the home semifinal away from north carolina but also they cannot play a soccer game in the middle of a hurricane so i just hope everyone stays safe i hope they do something that makes sense considering that the championship is you know only a little bit over a week away and uh yeah that's it but i'd really just rather you know be hyped about some soccer exactly so moving on from flow Hurricane Florence, because she's a real bitch. But mm-hmm. moving on. Claire, the Chicago Red Stars are going to face North Carolina Courage for the second year in a row in a semifinal playoff. And I got to say, I think the vibe is a little different around this one. All things yeah, considered. Yeah, I, uh, I would agree. I think it feels, I think it feels very different. Um if yeah. I had to ask you one thing that makes you like l- have a positive outlook about this match and one thing that is giving you sort of a worried outlook on this match, go. A uh, positive thing is that um, if Chicago's defense is healthy, I think that they can hold it together for 90 minutes if they're told 
do or die. They can't let them drop easy points on them. Um, thing that I, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I, I unfortunately watched a bit of that North Carolina Houston game and I was harshly reminded just in how many ways that team can beat you. Um, kind of the scenario where you're like doing really well, you're like killing it, you're doing great. And then suddenly they found like three new ways to like fuck you up. And, uh, I think that that's a possibility, but also I think that Chicago got two results from them this year. Like this is doable. I worry about injuries a little bit. I, we haven't really gotten an update on Casey short. I can't imagine that prognosis is great. Um, obviously McCall's her bony shattered her elbow. My goodness. Shout out oh to my her. God. Yes. You know, that was like good vibes. Good healing vibes. Um, yeah. that is such a bummer and obviously such a freak accident, but, um, She's a fantastic player, and I wish she could play this weekend. But um, they are going to be dealing with some stuff, too. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, like, if if we're talking one positive and one sort of worrisome thing, positive, I think, is, yeah, that this, for whatever greater purpose, (laughs) the vibe is just sort of different around this team. The camaraderie is different. The unity is different. I think it's important to note that the style of soccer that they played throughout this season has been different. We've seen some different variations from this team. I don't We've... necessarily think North Carolina can stop Sam Kerr from scoring. Also, there's Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr is a huge positive, right? And uh, I mean, I know it's real easy to keep all eyes locked in on Sam Kerr, but I'm just going to give props where props are due. And while it's real easy to say, <laughs> excuse me, Chicago Red Stars got Sam Kerr. It's also real easy for me to be like, <laughs> excuse me, the Chicago Red Stars got Alyssa motherfucking Mots. So yeah. she talk about someone who's peaking at the end of the season. Like her trajectory this year has been fantastic. And uh, I'm actually going to throw Aaron Gillen in there as well. Yeah, uh, I've really, I've really been enjoying uh, watching some of the service. She's been lobbing him up and uh, players been putting him away. And I think that can only help benefit a player like Yuki Nagasato, who's just a menace on the ball and getting it and distributing it to said player in Sam Kerr. So, yeah, there's those there's the positives in that. And then I think also on the other side of that, the worry thing is literally just the fact that it is the North Carolina courage. We're literally. They put on a ridiculous display of soccer in twenty eighteen. We're we're literally watching a historic season from this team. And like you said, Claire, they just put together a final fantastic regular season performance. And that was without what many people say is like the MVP of their team in McCall's or Boney. Yeah, they are possibly the greatest NWSL team of all time. So uh, no pressure. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good, guys. It's going to be fine. Yeah. It's going to be totally fine. I think uh, no matter what happens, there's going to be a lot of fun involved. I feel like that's the difference. Yeah, I agree. I think I think they were scared last year. I think they played. They just like weren't ready for prime time, you know. And there was uh, some uh, there was some uh, timidness. There yeah. were some players. I believe it was. I actually believe it was Danny Colaprico at the end of the 2017 semifinal who said in post game comments that 
some of us didn't show up today, myself included. She's just a really awesome player in the sense in which she'll always, you know, sort of speak about accountability yeah. and stuff like that. And she was one of those players who said that. And uh, I think this year, even though you have this sort of monster of a team in front of you, still kind of seeing a team like the Chicago Red Stars head into this week and head into this upcoming semifinal just loose and having fun. And I think that that's real important for a team heading into a semifinal. Yeah, I agree. I also think specifically, um, I I keep going back to what Rory Dames said after the most recent time that uh, these two teams met, which was, I think, four weeks ago, maybe. Um that was the the uh, the draw against against the courage and and he said that 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 game he was about as harsh on them as he's ever been uh, in halftime because yeah. he thought that they came out in that first half and did the same thing they did in that semifinal and they played scared and they played like they were playing the best team in the league and he said you know pull it together you know believe in yourself and they came away with the result and so. Yeah. I, I look back on that experience as probably a huge growth point for the team. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So I, I like having that be the last time these two teams met. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. It's like, hey, guys, like, turns out Chicago Red Stars are a real good soccer team. Yeah, right. <laughs> turns out. It just turns out. Claire, just playing hypotheticals right now. Mm. I'm going to do it because I got to do it, yo. Okay. If I had to ask you for a prediction, oh, how God. would you feel about how would you feel about making one? I don't think I can. I think <laughs> I absolutely like can't speak that into the universe right now. I just like Let me uh, ask you this thing. I'm not gonna do that to you because you're my yeah. girl. All right. <laughs> and homegirls don't do that at home girls. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that to you. But what do you think? I'll ask you this and what do you think the Red Stars need to do? to sort of put out their best game on Sunday? I think they need to they need to not play too nervously and by that I mean they need to not get rid of the ball too early especially in the midfield um, North Carolina likes to sit back sometimes and let you possess and then kind of nick it from you and they're off to the races and I think that um, Chicago does sometimes have a tendency to put balls in weird places because they feel like they have less time than they actually have. And so I think they need to kind of push that impulse down and be as accurate as possible in the middle of the field. Otherwise they're going to put too much pressure on their own defense and that'll be, that'll be trouble. Um, I also think that they need to, not and this is like this is such an easy thing to say but they need to not let uh the strikers get in line they need to not let jessica mcdonald get in line because that's how north carolina scores goals and uh, they need to stop that from happening as as well as yeah. they possibly can just whip it in yeah right they just, to, yeah, they just need to yeah they just need to like lock it down before it even gets to that point because once it gets to that point they're in trouble and then Alyssa nayer is gonna have to have a really good game and i think she has it in her um so I think that those are probably the main keys. Uh, yeah, possession in the midfield um, that does not give the ball away for no reason. Uh, tenacity in defense, especially on the wings, and then a confident 
performance from uh, Alyssa Nair. All right. On that note, Claire just wrote the preview, so I'm going to take Friday off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take Friday off and... Yeah, you know, cool. Cool, cool, even cool. Th- even threw some keys in there like I mm. usually do. All good. No, I don't, I don't uh, dis- disagree. I think having... I, I think that people who were watching that Houston and North Carolina final regular season match maybe didn't realize it because of the the outcome and the the scoreline at the end. Um, but I think midfield possession is is going to be incredibly crucial to mm-hmm. a game like this. And just because you didn't see it in a game against a team like Houston doesn't mean you didn't see it in a game like that last game that Carolina and Chicago played together. And by yep. it, I mean McCall Zerboni. Yep. McCall Zerboni was not in that yep. previous right. game that took place too. in last Toyota Park. Chicago, yeah, last time Chicago played North Carolina, it was the exact same thing. They didn't have McCall Zerboni, and that made a huge difference. It made a huge difference. Yeah. And North Carolina Courage, they absolutely went up a goal in the first half. And I think, like most games that North Carolina have had this season against other NWSL teams in that second half, you could have had a team either sort of wither and die like we've seen. And then all of a sudden Carolina puts up three more goals on you or you battle back and you make it a game. And that's what ended up happening in that one, one draw that sort of kicked off that playoff push for Chicago. And you saw them battle it out and, eventually equalize and there were some opportunities in that game where Chicago could have put it away and I think that was that game that sort of kicked off Chicago's sort of playoff run and then they went on a run of three draws against uh, the other top team uh, top three teams in the league and it ended up just building and building until they got a win against Orlando and then they ended up clinching and stuff like that so I think Chicago is gonna it's gonna come down to, to some real midfield battles there on Sunday and uh, a big part of that mid right now, I think is a player like without, without McCall's or I think you also have to pay attention to a player like, like Crystal Dunn because Crystal Dunn has been that player to uh, once she's sort of cut loose or sort of loses her, her defender, she's gone. And yeah, I would, that's I would what also- ended up happening in that game yeah. as well. She ended up shanking off. She shook off Casey short and that goal, that opening goal happened. So yeah, I would say um, Crystal Dunn is probably that player to watch for, for, for sure. My big, my big one actually is um, Morgan Bryan versus Sam Mewis in the midfield. Not only because obviously those are two very talented players who have quietly had solid seasons, but neither of them have had like a breakaway kind of in your face, like great, you know, couple of games. Um, also because I think those two are literally fighting for a U.S. Women's National Team spot right now. I think right now those two are directly in competition. So seeing them play against each other in a semifinal match is fascinating, even just on international implications. Here's ultimately what I want Sunday. I Hit want me. the soccer. I want the soccer to just fucking be good man i just want the soccer to be lit because that was something from the prior semifinal in 2017 where the north carolina and chicago matchup of 2017 i felt was sort of of the two of the 
two games, because then there was Orlando and, and Portland. Of the two games, I felt like the North Carolina and Chicago matchup was this game that people sort of had their eye on that was going to be this sort of like real intense kind of playoff game. And it was it, it was definitely tense. <laughs> it was definitely a tense game. But I don't know about sort of like gritty intensity type of game. And then it just ended up being that they lost on this very sad <laughs> stoppage time deflected goal you know and it yeah was just, i'm ready it was for that rough. game not to be the most recent postseason game <laughs> yeah so let's let's like wipe that slate clean get a and get a new sort of badass game to talk about in chicago red stars playoff history i think uh i think that team is ready for it i think the franchise is ready for it and i think their fans are ready for it as well so uh we're all really excited about it and i can't wait for us to just continue to keep the coverage rolling out this week and uh, hopefully the red stars can play for another game and for compete for that championship and uh, give us another chance to, to talk about it and write about it. Yeah. Claire. That's all we want. It's all, it's all we want Claire. And uh, I think you should let the, the good people know where they can find you on the internets and uh, you and all your, your good work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, as aforementioned, you'll see me all over Hot Time in Old Town this week. Um, and uh, also, you know, regardless of who makes it, Sandra and I are making the trek out to Portland for the championship. So expect some good stuff from us out there. Chicago is coming. Got a rep, man. So fuck you, you up, Portland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're coming strong. We're co- oh, man, it's going to be something. Um, You can also find my work at The Equalizer, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scout Ripley, which is also the name of my band. And fun fact, adding to just the excitement of this whole week, my band is playing two shows this weekend. Uh, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, Saturday and Sunday. So uh, if you're looking to blow off some steam in the Chicago area, uh, I'll be posting that. I'll post that on my socials, uh, uh, you know, Tuesday, which will be the day this comes out. So I'll go ahead and do that. Support your local Chicago band and Scott Ripley. They are awesome. I'm not just saying that because Claire's my homegirl. They're real, real dope. If you want to follow me and my shenanigans, you can do that on Twitter at San Herrera underscore. That's H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore. If you would like to continue to support Southside Trap Podcast, you can do that by following us on our Twitter account at Southside Trap Pod. That's with one letter P, guys, Southside Trap Pod. You can find Southside Trap Podcast at Podbean. And you can also find Southside Trap Podcast on iTunes. So when you find us on iTunes, you should definitely give us a like, uh, rate us, review us, uh, subscribe and maybe talk about how much you love Chicago in the comments because we're just a couple of kids who love Chicago. So hopefully we'll be back next week to talk about some more good vibes. Y'all stay peace. Bye-bye.